Welcome back to Lost in Citations. Today's guest is my partner in crime, Dr. Christopher Haswell. Dr. Christopher Haswell, welcome back, 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 back to Lost in Citations. Uh, well, uh, thank you. you. You keep platforming me on a bi-weekly basis, so um, it's very nice to be here and also to speak to you, which we don't often get the chance to do. Unless we're out of Fukuoka, which is strange. <laughs> or unless a conference comes to Fukuoka. We can only we can only meet each other at conferences somehow. Yes, it's a strange clause in our relationship contract that uh, we have to be doing it for professional reasons. Are you are you familiar with that reference back, 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 back? I'm, I'm thinking someone from the UK or not. So that, that's that's uh, the home run derby. Do you know? Are you aware oh, of that? Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, when they when they hit one to the third deck. Well, on the All Star Weekend for Major League Baseball, they always have a home run derby. Mm-hmm. And one year, Chris Berman, who's this sort of gregarious announcer, and he was announcing the the home run derby, and he just every single time the guy hit the ball back 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 like it was a real game and it was just it was it was laughable (laughs) because yes the idea is all of them are going to be trying to hit home runs so it was anyway that's the reference well thank you very much for uh that piece of americana i i give that to i give that to you and i give that to dr ali alhori i think i think you two are the (laughs) the ones i have on the the most all right so we just wanted to touch base quickly with with everyone uh listening uh, first of all, to say thank you for all your continued support. It was great to see everybody out at uh, Jout National uh, this this past year in Fukuoka. Uh, we saw some some people out in Tokyo. Um, we did we go did we go anywhere else together? I, I know you and I went to different conferences as well, but were, were those the big two? Uh, well, we we had the listening sig in uh, Kobe. Oh right, yes, yeah, that was great. Um, it was fun. It was fun fun to meet all. Yeah, so we we actually were out and about three times this year. Mm. So that was hopefully we're going to be out and about uh, next year as well. Um, just just a couple quick uh, announcements. Uh, number one, we're going to be taking a break um, for the holiday season, and we will be back February first, and we will be resuming our weekly schedule, which we've been able to keep up with somehow. Uh, mostly thanks to all of the the wonderful guests out there who who have said yes. So please continue mm-hmm. to say yes. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, Chris, what are your what are your highlights from the year? Uh, I think my highlight, uh, my main highlight for the year was something that we promised and delivered on was uh, uh, the man on the street interviews that we did at Lakeland and Listening Sig and at Jout National, uh, where I got to meet. Probably about in total 15 uh, new people, about 20 guests uh, in total. But we wow. had some uh, repeat uh, business, uh, you know, getting in touch with people who we'd spoken with before. Um, and it was great to have those kind of short interviews where people are able to showcase their um, showcase their their points in a like a kind of like an elevator pitch. Mm. Like, uh, what is it that you have done? What is it that you think about it? And what is it that you're going to be doing in relation to it in the future? And stitching those together, while a little bit of a logistical nightmare, I think the outcome was pretty positive. And so I look forward to that uh, in the future. How yep. about you? Uh, what, what did you uh, What did you enjoy from this year? Well, uh, real quick, before I say mine, I just want to say we did get sure. a lot of positive feedback uh, about that. And I do have to say, when I saw you interviewing people at these conferences... 
it didn't really stick out like I thought it would. It just kind of, you kind of just kind of, I don't know, blended into the background. It, it, and even when you were giving these interviews, it's not like people were stopping and staring except for our friend Todd Bukins, who was screaming your name loudly. <laughs> Besides him, it seems like everyone just kind of accepted that, oh, there's a guy with a microphone, which I was kind of, I thought that was kind of cool. Did you, did you notice that as well? People kind of left I, you alone? <laughs> did I notice Todd Bukins in the background shouting, how's well, how's well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think people are kind of, uh, maybe it's the COVID thing. Maybe it's lessons being online and people being more kind of comfortable having their voices recorded. But when I just, you know, brought up my microphone and said, have you got, have you got 10 minutes? And I'd like to ask you some questions about your research. Uh, yeah, they were, they were on it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, it really went better than I thought because I, um, I tried this before, actually before, uh, in, uh, uh, before COVID, I tried this at conferences before because I was trying to get uh, different varieties of English. As you know, my my focus is world Englishes. And so when I went to conferences in Croatia and Rome and Hong Kong and Korea, I was trying to work out a way to just say, can I get uh, a variety of educated academic English that is not British, American, Australian, etc. on uh, on a recording. And yeah, people weren't really up for it. Hmm. But uh, I, this time around, uh, everyone seemed to have their, you know, six to seven minute sales pitch down and they were really comfortable being on mic. So it was, it was a really positive experience. Well, thank you for doing that. I, I think it adds a nice dimension to our podcast feed because I've gotten feedback before, which was kind of a double-edged uh, sword where one one thing people liked about my podcast it, it is kind of like my podcast episodes are is it is like a library where you can just pull a file off the shelf i remember todd Buchan saying that where hmm. it just kind of you know it's evergreen and hmm. that is good in some ways but the, the other thing is having that live element where you did record them and they're up the next week as you said it's a logistical nightmare for you but it, <laughs> i do like that addition to, to the podcast. So if, if you see Chris out there with, with a microphone and coming up and, and speaking with you, um, that's, that's what that is. So I'm, it's, I'm only there for good purposes and I'm only there to promote people at their best. So, uh, if you have the time, I would like to speak with you. I, I just would like to say two, two highlights for uh, three, three highlights for me quickly, because we don't want this to be too long of a show. First, there were a few people that I recorded a podcast with. And by the time it was, published they were they had finished their phd and mm -hmm. that's something that we had talked about a lot before about where we want to interview people at different stages of their career and it was just kind of cool how it turned out and actually so by the end of the year i think there's going to be three individuals who i interviewed and by the time the the podcast came out they were officially a phd which i think is just a huge accomplishment that's great and uh it's kind of cool to send him that email congratulations doctor you know it's right, just right one of the one of those things. Um, that was one highlight. Another highlight was talking to two of my uh, favorite authors. Um, so I, t I got to talk to Joseph Harris, and I got to talk to uh, Paul Sylvia. That was a huge thrill. But I think the biggest highlight was um, our Jout presentation because, as I mm. as I tell people, recording a podcast is kind of like screaming into a vacuum. We do get <laughs> some feedback feedback, but it doesn't match the amount of download numbers we have. Um, but the, I felt the Jout podcast, there was enough familiar faces that it was just kind of cool where, yes, what we're doing, we are having some sort of an impact. It was, it was just cool to see 
some familiar faces and people coming up to us and saying, Oh, I recognize your voice. I know people, we got that sort of feedback. So that was, that was kind of a cool culmination of all the hard work that, that we do to get some feedback from the audience. Well, for those of you who were not there and thank you so much for the people who, who did join us. And I, I, I tried to uh, you know, make sure that they were noted when I, I made my um, post presentation, you know, announcement of all, of all the things that, that weekend was fun for several reasons, but one was just to look out at, you know, people who I know, people who I've worked with, people who I've interviewed, people who I've gotten to know through the podcast. And I think that made it uh, go a lot more smoothly. I also enjoyed the the feedback that apparently my character, my demeanor uh, in the podcast is more, I don't know, uh, you know, you seem more casual than than I am, and I just seem a little bit more official. But actually, in the presentation, yeah, it seemed like the pre- yeah we got <laughs> our, that our um, was flipped from from Simon Humphreys. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he said, <laughs> yeah, our personas on the podcast were actually flipped during the presentation, which I thought was I actually kind of agree with him. You're you you are kind of like this outgoing showman, uh, man <laughs> on the stage, you know, juggling uh, billiard ball billiard pins. Um, and I, yeah, I was a little, I, I'm a little bit more, I don't know, reticent on stage. Um, yeah, and I actually, that's one of the reasons I reached out for you to do this podcast. I had seen one of your presentations in Fukuoka, one that you did with your other uh, research collaborator, Aaron. Mm. And I was just like, God, this guy, man, he's a really good presenter. And at the same time, I thought, oh, you probably translate this to your teaching as well. I liked some of your teaching strategies. So, but it is funny that people do say that our, our, our radio personas are a bit different. Uh, people, I got the feedback like people. Oh, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit nervous recording with Chris. You know, he's he's asking these really serious questions, and it's like, uh, well, yes, he is a doctor. You know, you you do have to be. I'm not a doctor, so you can be more relaxed. Maybe that it's just the title there. Oh, uh, I don't know. It, uh, well, you're not a doctor yet. Um, I, I don't know. I just I think maybe maybe people only listen to the first 15, 20 minutes of my podcast and be, where I'm, I'm trying to, you know, uh, establish the framing. And then by the end of it, when we're, we're more relaxed, I think people maybe don't know the fact that we sometimes don't know very much about the people who we are mm. interviewing. And so it makes it um, a little bit more difficult to establish that kind of uh, rapport. Uh, rapport, yeah. Uh, and, and, but uh, that, that kind of uh, shorthand where we feel comfortable enough to say the things that we want to say. So, um, whereas when you're giving a presentation, you are owning the room and you have to kind of establish that fairly early on. So, uh, yeah, it's a different, uh, it's a different genre. I do want to say, uh, one quick story and then I want to get your, just just, uh, quickly, I want to get your, some, uh, insights from you, how you're using the podcast in your classroom. So, uh, we went down to the pub. Unfortunately, you couldn't go because uh, mm-hmm. you, you had to take care of some, some other business. But I, I went down to the pub with, with a few people, Simon and Todd Allen. Uh, they're, they're from Osaka. We So many people were at the pub. And we had this sort of nice chat. Talk. A lot of the conversation was re- revolving around the podcast, which was cool. And then the night kind of wound down. And then I was on my way out. And a gentleman came up and, and said hi to me, and it was one of the guys from the Tefalology Tefal, podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was on my way out, and they were on their way in, and we just kind of had a a quick maybe five to ten co- minute conversation. Those guys were super nice. 
Um, and uh, I'm going to try to interview some of those for next year. But it was just kind of this old Wild West saloon bit where one podcast was leaving. And the other, like they literally <laughs> were coming as soon as I – they actually took our table. Right. I was like, there's only one – there's only room for one podcast in this town uh, <laughs> kind of thing. But they, they were super nice. So it, was, it wasn't confrontational at all. Uh, there, there well, no, no I, I would say that with, uh, I, I think the more – that we can get in the space, the more you know, people with a genuine interest in getting people's voices out there and getting people's research to the most number of people as possible uh, is is good. So um, if if we're in competition, then it's a, it's a healthy competition, and, and it's um, something that is the the people who benefit the most are the listeners. So I, I look forward to hearing those podcasts. All right, and last, so. Um... I'm I'm giving a presentation this weekend on the flexibility of a podcast, and one of the parts of the presentation is how you can actually use some of these interviews in your classroom, and I know you and Aaron are doing this, and I just wanted to kind of put you on the spot, uh, you know, the man on the street, give me your, your, your elevator pitch. How can you use your pod how, well how did you use these podcast interviews in your classroom, and maybe do you have any advice for other people who might want to start their own podcast to use in the classroom if you have time, or you can just talk about what you did. Sure. Um, well, these podcasts, uh, our interviews are somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. And that's a, a big ask for people to do in a language course setting. Mm -hmm. So I cut down 15 of them to somewhere between nine and 12 minutes. And also I cut out as many of the incidences of myself and you speaking, because who wants to hear our voices? Right. And try to focus on the 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 main ideas, the main point of uh, the speaker. What I wanted to do is emphasize the uh, you know the range of English performance that was oftentimes not the person's first language, or they were from a place that uh, the listeners, my, my students, might not have experienced in the past through an ALT or uh, through um, their regular language courses. And I put it onto a website. It's called ELF Communication, ELF Communication, um, which has nothing to do with The Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> although every time I, I tell people this, um, they, they believe I'm some kind of uh, shill for Tolkien. <laughs> so... Uh, and in there, you can find uh, the the individual speakers, uh, their five or six main questions that we ask them through the presentation, a transcript of everything that they said. Uh, I use, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but I use a transcription service, uh, service called Otter. So I, I get that, then I go through it, and me and Aaron have been working together to try and include as much of the linguistic elements as possible. So even where they say um or are or the person... Uh, such as yourself or, or me who's interviewing them laughs or makes a short comment that that's included so the students get all of the um, uh, the idea of what's going on uh, and then I give these to my students and they have to listen to two of them uh, each week for homework uh, give a short review of what they thought about it and their comments and opinions on the topic that was being discussed so oh, nice. Uh, it, it's uh, it's something that I think, well, I mean, it's definitely something that's going to continue because 
we have so much more of a, re, of, of a resource that I can you know, produce more materials. But uh, I got a good feedback from my students. They uh, were one, the presentation that Aaron and I uh, did, as you say, for other business, I couldn't actually make that presentation. Um, at JALT was in relation to this, and we're hoping to publish a paper in the conference proceedings based on our um, students' reactions and our own impressions of how it was in the class. But I'm definitely going to use it again uh, in the future. So uh, once again, that's uh, ELF Communication, E-L-F Communication.com. And go to the uh, materials page, and you can find 15 shortened interviews, about 9 to 12 minutes, with a transcript uh, for you or your students to use to experience different varieties of English using it in a you know professional academic sense. And what, there's over 15 different varieties of English so far? Or, or? Uh, well, there are 15 different interviews. Um, yeah, well, of course, each variety is different by each person who is speaking it. So even though we have, uh, let's take, for example, Aya Matsuda and Seiko Harumi, mm -hmm. who are both born in Japan and, but educated abroad, uh, Matsuda in America and uh, Harumi in England. Right. And what we talk about is how the affect of their use of English is um, different based on where they use it professionally and academically. And then you can compare it to someone like uh, uh, Nobuyuki Hino, who is highly proficient in English, but has only generally used it in Japan. Mm. So they're all born in Japan, but use it in three different places. And so, you know, just to raise the point that it, uh, it, you can't judge, you can't say that they are all using Japanese English, that kind of hyphenated variety of English, because they're all Japanese and they're all using English, but they're using it in different contexts. And so you can analyze the difference between that and, and raise awareness of students through that kind of medium. And I looked, I looked at the list. I mean, you do, you do represent regions from a, a wide number of places, mm. which is cool. Um, so yeah, keep, keep up the good work. I, I would like to say that our catalog is open access, right? So if anyone wants to use 100%. our stuff for any oh, yeah. any reason, I mean, not disparaging us, of course, but if you'd like to use them for, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to clip a you know a interview and just to to make fun of us, but yeah, if you'd like to use our our resources for your classes or for, um, I think Simon Humphreys is 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 thinking about doing some, some something with our our catalog um, with 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 a master's class possibly. Um, so yeah, well, it, I I do know someone in. Uh, uh, English as a second language school in the UK has used our interviews long form uh, in their classes as well. I mean, these are people who are wanting to learn English in order to integrate into the UK. So using different varieties of English, of course, which are you know, available to them in the United Kingdom, this is a resource for practice and, you know, drawing out differences and uh, things that they can use in their classroom. So, yes. And uh, I have gotten feedback from other people. They've appreciated the podcast. Uh, you know, someone like me, who's who's an up and coming researcher, you know, how do you navigate publications? How do you navigate this and that? So if you'd like to reach out, if, there, if there's any questions you'd like us to ask the guest as well, uh, feel free to email us uh, lostincitations at gmail.com. We might not know exactly who we're, who we're interviewing at, at that particular time, but if there's a series of questions you'd like us to ask all the guests, we're definitely open to that as well. Absolutely. 
Okay, well, uh, Chris, stay on the line because uh, this is always awkward when we're going to stop the recording, <laughs> but I don't want you to leave because I have some other things to talk to you about. Okay. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your continued support. Uh, even if you're just liking it on LinkedIn or liking it on Facebook, if you're resharing it, if you're liking it on Twitter, trust trust us that we do see it um, every time, <laughs> and it means a lot. Uh, and it does it does actually spread the word more than you think. So uh, if you do, take the time to do that, we do really appreciate it. We hope you continue to do that. And we hope to see you at conferences next year. And we can't wait to talk to our upcoming guests. We hope everyone has a great holiday. Any any last words, Dr. Haswell? Uh, I, thank you very much. I, I agree with you uh, that it's great motivation, actually, to see the numbers of people who are listening and thinking about who we would like to interview next because we want to bring uh, more interesting and, and you know, uh, enlightening content to our listeners. So uh, all that feedback really does provide us with motivation, even if it's just a like or a share. So thank you for that. And um, yeah, happy holidays, everybody. Have a good, uh, have a good break. See you next year. See you next year.